It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Welcome to The Chaser Report. We've upgraded things here, really. I'm Dom Knight and Sammy Shah is, is with us for a couple of episodes while Charles gallivants off to America for various um, projects, which knowing Charles may not come to fruition, let's be honest, but uh, he'll have fun going and talking to people and having power meetings. Hey, listen, I, I, I think you're being all vague about the project thing on purpose. I think the real thing is he has something to do with the Mar-a-Lago um, FBI raid. And Charles is Charles is the guy that Donald Trump was slipping all of the uh, classified information to. And now he's gone there to get everything he can. That would be amazing if that were true. Would it be great if, if Charles was the person to whom the FBI apparently said, oh, just put a padlock on it. It'll be fine. <laughs> I love that guy. Whoever that was. But look, um, last time we talked about the, the floods in Pakistan mm. and, and just the sheer awfulness of uh, climate change coming home to roost in you know your, uh, your homeland and indeed in so many other parts of the world. But Pakistani politics is something I've always thought we should get into because mm-hmm. I don't know, it, uh, Australia has made many poor decisions over the years, but we haven't yet elected a cricket captain to run the country. Yet. Shane Warne's body is not yet fully cold. Yeah, I mean, look, Steve Waugh, I think, will probably do a better job than some recent incumbents of uh, that high office. But mm-hmm. um, I just want to know what what's happening with Imran Khan and essentially with Pakistani politics in general, because it's always been fairly a, a fairly major hotbed of contested elections, bombings, drama, um you know, religious groups competing against uh, more mm-hmm. secular groups. Where are we? Uh, and um, as, as the country tries to, I guess, respond to this appalling tragedy, who's in charge and what's the deal with Imran? So what's the deal with Imran? Let's start with Imran Khan. All right. So everyone knows Imran Khan as the playboy cricket legend, right? Like the guy who used to be back in the 70s and 80s, he would walk through um, the opposing opposing team's locker room shirtless to make them feel less masculine and and frighten them a little bit. He also basically, you know, banged his way through half of Europe um, and, and, you know, was this sexy god who made Pakistanis um, you know, who who gave a lot of Pakistani men an undue sense of self confidence when it came to our sexual <laughs> prowess? Let me put it that way. We've all been we've all been shagging in Imran Khan's wake. So, but Imran Khan to the world was that to Pakistan is more than that. For starters, he won us the World Cup, right? So he pa- Pakistan. Yeah. The only time Pakistan ever won the Cricket World Cup was under Imran Khan's stewardship. It was an iconic moment. It was a legendary moment. But. For him, that was the start of things. It wasn't the end of things. For most cricketers, after you win the World Cup, you retire and you're done. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you're a hero forever. Yeah, exactly. But then Imran Khan did another thing where he, his mother uh, co- had cancer. 
and she died of cancer. And right. Pakistan had very poor cancer resources, cancer prevention, cancer curing, etc. like that. And mm. so, cancer treatment, not curing. And so he set up a thing called uh, the Shokat Khanum Memorial Hospital. His mother's name was Shokat Khanum. And it is a cancer hospital, right? But to fund the hospital... He basically took donations from the whole country. He said, 100% transparency. This is donation-based. He went to all the schools. All of us school kids were given a little uh, booklet where we'd go and we'd sell pages from the booklet, you know, vouchers to people. To, and the money would then go towards the hospital. It was a comp- we were all And called, he was Imran you know, Khan. Sorry? So you were happy to do it. He was Imran Khan, so you're happy to do it. Everyone's yeah. to give money. Yeah, he was. We were called the Young Tigers, and Imran Khan, you know, was the Tiger King, I guess. And but yeah, yeah. we were all young tigers, and 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 I was a young tiger, and I went like earned money. I I went you know knocking door to door, strangers' houses, going into strangers' homes, getting money from them, never getting molested once, which makes me think I wasn't a hot kid. But anyway, that's a separate topic. <laughs> um, and then. Once that was done, and he built the hospital, and it was there was no, not a single whiff of corruption around him, which is very rare in a place like Pakistan. A lot of people told him, you should get into politics. You know, people love you, people respect you. Pakistan needs a good person like you, and blah, blah, blah. So he started a political party called Pakistan Tariqe Insaf. Insaf means justice, right? And, and, and the idea was basically um, that he will create a political party that has no corruption around it. The biggest problem in Pakistan, in developing nations, isn't rising religious extremism. It isn't any of those things. It is corruption always. That's what the public sees. That's what everyone agrees on is the biggest problem that no one ever can do anything about. So he created this yeah. political party and he surrounded himself with all of these, um, you know, tech leaders and industry leaders and stuff like that. The problem is when you have a lot of people telling you you're the best, you're the best, you're the best, you really start believing you are the best. And there's that... Uh, old Bill Burr comedy line, which was, you know, Bill Burr, the comedian, was talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he goes, Arnold Schwarzenegger has shot nothing but net for his entire life. Like, why would he doubt him, his own achievements? And the same thing is true of Imran Khan. You know, everything, he went, everything from winning the World Cup to marrying a Jewish billionaire's daughter to, you know, um, setting up this hospital. How does that go? How do you marry a Jewish billionaire's daughter in Pakistan and still be popular enough to get elected prime minister someday. Because um, he, not just that, he's been divorced and married and divorced and married. He's been married four times. You know, he's uh, he's he's my hero, as you know. Um, I'm racking up the divorces just in his wake as well. Um, <laughs> That's actually a great a great title for your um, autobiography, <laughs> like Imran uh, by Sammy Shah. No, well, so this is an interesting illustration of the Peter Principle, isn't it? Um, Schwarzenegger and, and Imran Khan. And I guess you'd have to even say Donald Trump to some degree as well. People who've had enormous success in life. Mm-hmm. The Peter Principle is that we all rise to the level of our relative incompetence. Yes. So for Imran Khan, who is a genuinely incredibly talented person, you have to try something as big as politics to make a massive fall of yourself. Maybe even Boris Johnson to some degree as well. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, look, so the thing about him, it was... His cult of personality is... And Pakistan is a place that's prone to cult of personality. You know, Benazir Bhutto had a cult of personality. She's a feudal landlord's daughter. Um, and, and she went through a great deal of suffering and a great deal of misery. But she was also wildly, insanely wealthy, had repeatedly been given opportunities and squandered them with corruption and, and still had that cult of personality about her. And Imran Khan's no different. 
People worship him. My family worships him. If I say anything, if my parents hear this podcast and me bad-mouthing Imran Khan, I will be disowned um, right now. And and so it is a thing where there's that. Uh, so he basically... It's also kind entirely of, possible. It's entirely possible that Imran Khan is your father. Imran Khan thing. is so all our fathers. He is, he's, he, mm. you know, there's that thing in, in genealogy where they say most of Asia can trace its, uh, um, its lineage back to Genghis Khan because he just had, he basically raped and pillaged his way through a- Asia at that scale. We all have some Genghis Khan DNA in us. Everyone in Pakistan has some, and probably Europe, let's be honest here, has some Imran Khan <laughs> DNA in them at some point. Really? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. None of the medical advice contained in the Chaser Report should legally be considered medical advice. The Chaser Report. In Pakistan, there's a bunch of mainstream political parties, and then there's the smaller ones on the outside, right? And so he's one of the outside for a decade and a half, for two decades, just kind of working his way, trying to building up popularity, also becoming more and more right-wing, aligning himself with the religious parties, aligning himself with the military, which is the real power broker in Pakistan. You know, the, you can't do anything with the military say so. And if the military lifts his hand from your shoulder, then you're done for. And ends up becoming the prime minister of the country after a great deal of stru- struggle and strife. Um, does some good things, does some bad things, like any prime minister, the good and the bad, which, out, which outweighs the other, is, is entirely up to the person you ask. I will give him credit for one thing. Helped Pakistan through COVID way better than any other prime minister could have and way better than Modi did with India. Uh, Pakistan fared much, much better under his stewardship. Also provide Medicare and all of these things. So did a lot of good things as well. Um, But the one fuck up he did was he decided that he had more power and authority because of his popularity than the army, than the chief of the army. Oh. You don't do that. Every Pakistani prime minister who's ever thought that they were bigger than the army fucks up and the moment he did that the army orchestrated things orchestrated a coup basically by making all his opposition parties join together all his allies leave his side and join the opposition parties through uh, through a combination of web of threats and cajoling and and bribery and all these things and they created a, a massive block which voted his party out of of um, parliament and uh, you know instituted a new prime minister and and all that stuff which are the same old faces we've had failing us for like 50 years at this point. So, you know, they they welcome the new king, same as the old king. And now Imran Khan is on the outside trying to get back in, but he is beloved. So the rallies he's having in the country, the protest marches to support him are at a scale and a size no one's ever seen. And if there's Mm. an election tomorrow, he'll easily win it. He'll easily win the election. There's no challenge. Just in terms of asking for money, he raised billions of rupees personally, just by asking for flood relief money um, at a scale that no one else, no other politician could ever hope to do. And so they're trying to keep him out. And so there's a massive corruption to kind of keep him out as well. I don't like Imran Khan. 
I don't trust populists. I also think his alignment with the right wing religious extremists is not a good thing. Um, I was one of those journalists who used to criticize him way back in the day and get shit for it. And I would do so again today. But the way that they treated him was wrong as well. And um, and so it was an unconstitutional act that was done to him. And so, yeah, I'm not against him coming back through proper free and fair elections, um, which he probably hopefully will. And so is it likely that he'll be, I mean, because I'm thinking back to the days of Musharraf and so on, all these um, mm. basically military puppet leaders of, of Pakistan. I mean, ha- have the military met the one person they can't, Beat basically because Imran's that popular. Basically, they the one one of the things that you have to know about Pakistani military and I and me saying this is basically going to is considered up there with blasphemy in Pakistan. The Pakistani military is shit. They are absolutely wow. terrible. You really don't want to go home, do you? <laughs> they have. They are bad at fighting. They are bad at strategizing. They are bad. The, the military leadership. All right. The average soldier. This is. You can never blame an average soldier for anything because the average soldier's job is to go where they're told to go and do what they're told to do. Mm. It is the military leadership who are absolutely shockingly bad. Um, and they have once again. There's a moment. There's a thing that I always think about in. There's a crisis called the Kargil crisis in between Pakistan and India in, I think it was 1998 or 1999. Um, one of the, there's a, a place called the Siachen Glacier. It's a massive glacier really high up in Pakistan and India. And it's, it's, the, it's the coldest and highest um, military flashpoint in the world where the soldiers there have to be rotated constantly because otherwise they die of frostbite. And... The Pakistani army came up with a plan where they would, under Musharraf, they would dig a hole under the glacier and go into Indian territory and attack India from there. And they did it. And then they didn't have a follow through plan. Like once they were there, they were like, right. well, now what do we do? So they were like, oh, we're here. We're in India. Amazing. So they yeah. invaded India. They invaded India. They got into India. Successfully. They started bombing India. And then they're like, and then Indian army came to push them back and they had no second stage of the plan. The victory was almost childish, like, oh, I'll put my foot in your territory and that's enough of victory for me. Uh, and then they got pushed back. That's what they like with Imran Khan, where they, they thought, oh, you know, we'll kick him out and it's fine, not realizing how popular he is and now not realizing that they're looking bad. And for the first time, the Pakistani public is turning against them as well. So it's been right. quite an unprecedented time. This is all very boring, I know, for most Chaser listeners who are like, what the fuck is this? Where are the dick jokes? Um, and you're right, with Imran Khan, I should have no, made no, more dick jokes. We're mixing jokes. it up. We're mixing it up. Now, I'm interested in this. I mean, I, admittedly, I realize I'm being a bit more of my kind of ABC presenter uh, <laughs> as I used to be person. And I, that's okay, because it's enormously interesting to me. So where does this leave? Let's just completely lean into this, because if anyone's listening by this point, yeah, 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 exactly. interested in Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. So where does this leave Kashmir and all the tensions on the border? If you say that the, the Pakistani military isn't very good, if Imran Khan might sweep through and kind of defy them, mm-hmm. I mean, that is, while we're listing crises, yes, climate change is up there, but the India-Pakistan tension, both being nuclear powers, mm-hmm. also pretty stress-inducing, uh, globally speaking. How do you think that's going to play out? I mean, how worried should we be about, about that, the line of control? I mean, look, the, the, here's the thing. Neither country will... There's a, uh, have you ever read World War Z? 
the book World War Z, I guess, um, by no. Max Brooks. Um, the pun doesn't work with it said though. Sorry, the, the pun doesn't work if you say Z. Yeah, I know it doesn't. It has to be. It has to be World War Z. Yeah. Uh, so Max Brooks, uh, who is Mel Brooks's son, um, a, wrote a really good zombie book, which is a terrible movie. It's a Brad Pitt movie. Don't ever watch it. The book is amazing. And in World War Z, or World War Z, they do the thing of like, what would actually happen to the world in terms of geopolitics and stuff if zombies came out? And one of the fun mm. things they do is they say India and Pakistan don't go to nuclear war. Pakistan and Iran end up going to war and Pakistan ends up nuking Iran. And the reason being why India and Pakistan don't go to war is because all the mechanisms and fail-safes are there. When you have two nuclear powers so physically close to each other, nowhere else in the mm. world is that the case, so j- literally rubbing shoulders with one another, they've done everything possible to make sure that no accidental war happens and that this is a, a last resort thing. Because if you bomb Lahore that will, you know, irradiated winds will blow over near Delhi. There's no way to save yes, either country. Yes, that's true. It's mutually assured I hadn't thought of that. That's, that's actually somewhat reassuring. It is literally mutually assured destruction. I mean, my, my relatives in the south of India might have a chance, but anyone, yeah. um, you know, sort of north of Mumbai is screwed either way. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's that whole aspect as well, which is really interesting. And, and so they've got, that's not, I'm not worried about nuclear war. I don't think anyone who has a reasonable understanding of the region is worried about nuclear war. Also, Kashmir, which is a flashpoint where both countries, you know, are, are fighting there, they need it to stay that way. India and Pakistan, like, you know, India spends billions and billions of dollars on military expenditure on military budgets and things like mm. that they need an active enemy to justify those pakistan's entire military ruling class needs india to remain a threat to justify its earnings and so as a result both countries are happy to sacrifice kashmir and kashmiris who would probably be happy to be rid of both india and pakistan and become an independent state um both countries would much rather uh, use that as a motivating factor to justify their excesses than f- solve the problem at all, ever. It's, we used to call it garrison nationalism, I remember, in, in politics class. The notion yeah, that that's right. You yeah, actually yeah, need yeah. an external enemy to, to keep the regime in place. That's somehow reassuring. That's actually probably the most upbeat thing that I've ever heard yeah. about the India-Pakistan conflict, that <laughs> both countries need it and don't want it to escalate to the point where it's saying, well, I, I feel happy, except... Fortunately, I'm not a Kashmiri. Yeah, I mean, it's just that. They're basically, Kashmir's... Because Kashmiri, Pakistan's approach to the whole thing has been to flood Kashmir with religious extremists uh, who are proxy for white fighters for the Pakistan army. Pakistan army can't have a presence there, but, you know, jihad-motivated Islamists can, and we didn't tell them mm. to go there, and they went there on their own. But they have an impact and an effect in that they have Islamized Kashmir way more than it ever wanted to be. And on the other side, Indian army and Indian military and Indian government is always cracking down Kashmiris, arresting them to torturing them, shutting off the internet and electricity for long periods of time, things like that. And so both countries are kind of using Kashmir as a as a front for their cold war against each other. And sometimes that war turns hot in Kashmir as well. And the Kashmiris are the ones who get kind of squeezed in the middle and turn to paste. Thank you for joining us for the serious subject <laughs> in the politics uh, episode of the Chaser Report. Uh, that was very interesting, Sammy. Yeah, you know. Um, and so Imran Khan might be back. You heard it here first, at least. I th- yeah, I think so. I think if there's a free and fair election, which there will have to be at some point, basically early next year, most likely, they go, Imran Khan will easily sweep the election. Then what happens is a different thing. I'm also worried that if they try assassinating him, which they've done in the past with populist leaders, um, then shit will really hit the fan. 
So who knows? Okay, now I'm depressed again. All right. Now, give me some road with part of the ACAST Credit Network. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.